I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. Okay. How are you doing today, Madigan? I'm super tired. We've already covered this. I'm so tired. I know. I know. And it's like, I don't know if it's the quarantine. I go through like a real serious midday slump and I was telling you how I always regret not napping during my lunch. Like I'm always like, I'm going to take a nap during my lunch and then I don't do it. And then I'm tired for the rest of the day and I always regret it. Yeah. I've been wanting to go to bed really early. Like last night it was 845 and we had just finished Kill Bill. And in my head it was like 11, 1130. And I was like, oh man, got to get to bed. And Max is like, it's 845. What do you mean you got to get to bed? And I was like, oh, fuck. So I like forced myself to stay awake for like another hour and a half. You know what, though? I feel like there is this pressure to stay awake when you're older. Like if it's like you can't go to bed until a certain time. But I'm like, you know what? I want to normalize going to bed when you're tired. <laughs> you know what? I've Keegan, this is a fight that I've been battling For as long as I can remember, even in high school, if I was like, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. Like, there's very little that will keep me awake right now. I I feel like Anthony tries to, like, 
peer pressure me into staying awake. Right. But, the, like, but the thing that these people don't understand is that we value sleep above, so much. above most other things. Yes. You know, and the thing is, is like I, I explain this to people. My sleeping habits are so closely correlated to my physical and my mental health. Like if I don't get enough sleep, I will catch a cold or like I'll get the flu easier. Like I swear to God, my immune system shifts when I don't get enough sleep so drastically. And also I'm a cranky bitch. Yeah. I'm just not fun to be me. around. Yeah. That's how I am. I'm just not fun to be around. Yeah. Um, so Madigan, do you want to jump into the stories for today? Uh, I will. And I know you're having me go first because you know what I'm going to talk about. And it's so annoying. Um, but we actually had a listener or follower, whatever this person is, uh, write to us on Instagram, wanting us to cover the video pandemic that came out earlier this month. Oh, I mean, I almost feel like this deserves its own mini episode um, because there's so much to talk about and so much has actually been written about why it's important to push back on this and, you know, all of those types of things. So um, I don't really know what I can add to the conversation except for that. It's just such dangerous misinformation and it was a line for me personally when it came to it's like the straw that broke the camel's back when it came to unfriending people. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I did not watch the video when it was up. It's now down. It was only up for like two days, but it had something like 8 million views or, but you know, it's interesting for those that are, uh, maybe skeptical of whether or not this is fact or fiction. Believe it or not, when I was looking at these videos online of people who were like debunking these facts, all these comments were like, there were no facts in this video and blah, 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 and all this stuff. So I feel like it's still important to at least get the facts out there. And again, like you said, Keegan, we could go into this for more than a half an hour probably talking about all the little things that this doctor said that's wrong and why. But let's just kind of give everybody a rundown really quick of what this is and generally what this video is saying and trying to accomplish. So there is a filmmaker named Mickey Willis. He uploaded a 20-minute video called Plandemic on May 4th. So this guy was like, according to him, this like Hollywood filmmaker and he had a a life-changing experience in the rubble of 9-11 and decided that he wanted to start filming the human experience and exposing, you know, the truth of blah 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 boo Like, just uh, this guy from the word go pissed me off. Um, so the film focuses around an interview that this guy had with a former microbiologist, Judy Mikovits, uh, and Judy Mikovits is, or Mikovits, however you pronounce it, is problematic as fuck. Uh, she had a study, I believe she worked for like a cancer, the Cancer Research Center or something. Like she basically founded this research, I believe, on like chronic fatigue, and none of it was like factually based at all. They basically were able to debunk everything. So she's kind of like this disgraced scientist. So it's interesting that this Mickey Willis guy would even want to talk to her. Um, but Well, I believe that the way that she phrased that or tried to frame it was that 
um, they didn't want her out here telling the truth, and that's what why she lost her job, which right. is absolutely not true. No, yeah, and she's like the she is the queen of the conspiracy theorists. Like they love her. She is an idol in that community. So having her in a video also kind of creates this level of like false credibility to some people that follow her. Right. You yeah. Know, and like, I believe she also said that she worked with Fauci and like all of these yes, other things. She's she's claimed a lot of things. And uh, speaking of Fauci, she says that people like Bill Gates and Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, are leveraging the coronavirus to boost their profit and power. Um, she was also she also said that the virus was developed in labs in China and in the United States, and that health officials are inflating statistics, and that wearing a mask could increase your chances of quote getting sick from your own reactivated coronavirus expression. So let's break oh these God. let's break these down, shall we? Okay, so the first thing she said was that it was a virus created in a lab. So I'm not a scientist. I don't claim to be smart when it comes to science at all. So if any of you are smarter than me when it comes to science, fact check me that's fine but what I understand from some YouTube videos I was watching today is that there's a way of looking at the virus and being able to see that it was not created in a lab that this is a completely new virus she also said that there was some resemblances to uh, SARS the respiratory infection and again they were saying no this is a completely new disease it did not stem from anything else so on and so forth also, they are saying that they're inflating the statistics of COVID-19 related patients because apparently it's something like if a patient dies of COVID-19, there's some sort of like price boost. Did you see that? Yes, I did, which is absolutely ridiculous. That yeah. would be fraud on a major scale um, within the medical community. They're, I mean, it, claiming that desks, I've seen this a lot, that a lot of the people that I unfriended, um, they totally subscribe to this belief that they're inflating the COVID numbers because hospitals are getting paid for COVID deaths, um, COVID-related deaths. And, I mean, that would be fraud. It would constitute fraud. Right. And, um, and that's the thing is that the things that this woman is saying hold so much weight, not only in how the everyday citizen responds to the coronavirus outbreak, but also to, you know, how we are responding to the healthcare professionals that are working so hard at helping make sure that all of us are safe and things like that. Like that comment holds a lot of weight to it. Right. That They're accusation. demonizing doctors and nurses. Yeah. yeah. Which is bizarre because like it's it's like they're finally getting some sort of recognition on a larger scale right now. And it's like, let's knock them down a few pegs. You know? Well, it's frustrating. I don't know. This whole situation is so incredibly frustrating for me. And I think we've talked about this before on this podcast. If not, I've definitely had this conversation more than once in real life. But uh, the reason why I didn't watch this video and the reason why I just unfriended these people, even though I know that it is important to present the truth to people um, and try and talk to people, what's happened is we've demonized science 
and we no longer have any kind of agreed upon truth. This started happening in 2016 where facts didn't matter anymore. They straight up said that. I mean, Kellyanne Conway, I can't remember exactly what she said, but basically alternative facts. That's what she said. These are alternative facts. Um, and that has basically been the reality and the existence that we have lived in since then. So it's very difficult, if not impossible, to have a logical conversation with these people or with these conspiracy theorists about this situation because there is no agreed upon truth. If you don't believe in science, there's nothing I can say to you that's going to, like Anthony keeps saying, like, well, when a number of these people start dying, then they'll start seeing that they were wrong. And I'm like, no, they won't because all they'll do is say, well, the government did this and that and the other. Or the government These are false is, positives. Right, the government is saying they died of COVID-19 when they did not. Yeah, I mean, this is something that, you know, we've given advice to listeners many times that have reached out to us about how to deal with somebody that has an alternative view than they do and the view that we discuss on this podcast every week. And it's like, you know, you can only do so much. You're not going to be able to convince everybody to come to your side and to think the same way that you do. But and yes, yeah, speak out against, you know, the facts that are wrong, but also pick your battles. You know, like you don't right. have to I get mean, in a fight what, with every friend on Facebook and every YouTube yes. commenter, you know? Well, and what you can say is exactly what I did, which is that. If you spread this information, this is dangerous misinformation that is going to get people killed. And if you do this, I am cutting off off my relationship with you. And then hold firm to that. You know what I mean? And if you have the emotional and mental bandwidth to talk to these people, that, that emotional labor is valuable as well because somebody might who may have been kind of interested in what the pandemic video has to say, if they see you coming at it with facts and with sources, um, maybe you could change some minds in that way. Um, but also just don't expect the people that you're talking to to change their minds. Yeah, they won't. It's an incredibly uh, frustrating thing to talk to somebody like that. I almost used... God, I almost used the word it's incredibly constipated to talk to somebody like that. And I, mean, I think that kind of works. I, I do think it kind of works. Yes. Like, is it weird? I mean, my dog was really constipated earlier, so I don't know if that thought just like came into my head. Probably. But I also yeah. think it's very fitting. Like, it would just be the most frustrating conversation in the entire world. And there's nothing more frustrating than... Yeah, I mean, and I, 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 do, okay. I do encourage people like... If you have the emotional energy, go for it and yeah. push back against this because it is dangerous. It's highly dangerous. Right. If you don't have the emotional energy, just make it known that you think that this is bullshit and, you know, you can unfriend those people for your own mental health. It's fine. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, so I want to get into a little bit about, like, who this guy is, why he wanted to make the video, all that kind of stuff. So, like I said in the beginning, by the way, this video was taken down two days after it went up. Uh, so you can no longer... Which, by the way, the conspiracy theorists are pointing to, like, the government doesn't want you to know the truth. Of and it's no, it's are. like, no, for once, for once, these, like, social media platforms are actually taking down misinformation. Exactly. Like, it's, ta- it's being taken down because it is so dangerous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
he, this guy, Mickey Willis, and I don't care if it's Mikey or if it's pronounced another way. I just really don't like this person. Uh, he basically said that he made these videos or this video planning to be a documentary uh, with the intention to go viral, basically. He says, we made this video to go viral. We knew the branding was conspiratorial and shocking. Unfortunately, in this age, you kind of have to get people's attention. So to me, that says we wanted to make something that would grab an audience, not so much we wanted to share the truth with the world. Like if you look at these at this guy's interviews, it's not about I'm concerned for the future of humanity. It's about I wanted to make a video that was going to get a lot of viral hits. And he tried to make a viral video back in 2015 that did fairly well. Um, but nothing compared to this. And that's the thing is that it seems to be very much about the fame and the likes and the shares, you know? Right. And I think it's very much the same for Judy. What's her name? Uh, what's her Judy, last name? Uh, yeah. I, I think it's very much the same for her as well. Like she's disgraced within her community. She has right. been disgraced within the science, the scientific community. So anything that she can do to try and re-legitimize herself in any way, whether within the scientific community or with this newfound, um, you know, conspiracy theorist community. Oh, for her, uh, that's not even newfound. Like she's had the conspiracy theorists for a while. Like, I think this is like part of her like spiel you know right yeah uh, oh but the last thing that i didn't talk about the last point that she made was that basically wearing a mask by wearing a mask you can infect yourself basically so i was reading uh basically an article debunking that saying that what she's essentially saying is that by breathing in the particles that are within your own nose you will get yourself sick and this uh who was it uh, her name was Marsha Willis Carp, and she's the chair of environmental health and engineering at John Hopkins. She said, "Seems like you wouldn't need a mask for that." She said, "She if doesn't." They're in your nose. They're in your nose. Yeah, she doesn't know anything about immunity. If she thinks that breathing in the virus you already have, and then I stopped writing the quote. But basically, if you're breathing in the virus you already have, that you're gonna continually get sick. Like that just doesn't make sense. If you look back through history, we've we've all known what a quarantine was and is like we understand that if you keep yourself isolated if you are sick or have a possibility of being sick that you help stop the spread of a virus so by you saying that wearing a mask is counterproductive really doesn't make any goddamn sense i also do want to point out that we have covered these people these types of people the anti-lockdown protests all of this stuff we have covered these people extensively on this podcast um i do want to point out that they are the minority because I feel like the media very often and social media and us too, to some degree, it can make it sound like these people are the majority because they have a very loud voice and they're sensational. Um, and so they get featured a lot on the news. But actually, numbers have come out and it's something like 75% of people in this country, in the United States, actually support the stay-at-home measures um, and the safety measures that have been put in place. Good. It is a quarter of people or less who disagree with this. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, it, it's not the majority of, of people. And I do want to point that out because it can be crazy making that you're like, am I living in the upside down? And it's like, no, most people think the way you do. Right. I <laughs> guess my fear is that the more of this that comes out, 
the more people might start to buy into it. I think that's the thing. And that's why I don't really take any of this lightly. And I don't think that you are either. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's like, I don't take any of these conspiracies lightly because I wonder that if enough of them keep coming up, what is that going to then come to? What are we going to start to believe after a long And even then, 25% of people who actively believe this, so if they're going out and they're doing this, that doesn't mean that only 25% of people will get sick because we know the way that these viruses work. We know that the way that they spread and they will spread them to the other 75% of people who are doing the right thing. Right. And that's the point of all of it is just like, if you are not respecting your city's stay at home orders right now, like it's honestly just disrespectful. Like I feel like such a mom when I say that, but it's like, it's just disrespectful. No, it is. It is. I mean, and I feel like Americans especially have this mentality of like, if, if they were wearing the mask to protect themselves, then they wouldn't have a problem doing it. But the mask is actually there to protect other people. And I think that's, I think that that's part of why they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? It's every Um, man for themselves. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I, I also have not watched Plandemic. My dad sent it to me and I was like, no, thank you, sir. I um, don't, you know, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know a it, whole no. lot about your dad, but I know that you share some of his conspiracy theories that he has with me. So that doesn't surprise me. It, it should not surprise you. But um, but no, I didn't watch it either because I was just like, you know what? It's not worth your Life's time. It's too short for me to waste half an hour of my life watching this bullshit. That's how I felt when I was taking notes. I was like kind of looking for it and I watched a few videos where they were debunking it and that was fascinating. But I was still kind of like, I don't want to put this much time into it. And that's why I was like, I don't want to put a full mini episode into this like I don't no uh, I understand I do understand it's just kind of like, um, ugh, you all suck this all sucks it's exhausting yeah. it's completely exhausting and we're exhausted enough by being in this situation in the first place exactly. you know um okay so I have a couple things that I do want to touch on Go for I it, kind babe. of it's a little bit of a bummer that this podcast lately has been about Two things, <laughs> one being the coronavirus, two being uh, black people being shot and killed for doing nothing. But here we are. So there was a 26-year-old woman named Brianna Taylor who was shot and killed in her Louisville, Kentucky home um, not too long ago. And Brianna was an EMT worker. She was actually on the front lines of the current coronavirus pandemic. And the way that this went down is so fucking sketchy. So this happened back in um, on March 13th. So it was in the very beginning stages Mm -hmm. of the pandemic really ramping up. And the police were executing a search warrant at her home. However, they had the wrong house. Yeah. It's, it's very confusing. So the this, search warrant... Yeah, this reminds me of the story of the woman who claims that she was in her own apartment. And what was the other story that this reminded me of? Um, oh, the woman who was playing video games with her nephew. Tatiana Jefferson. Yes, thank you. Yes. Sorry, I'm horrible yeah. with names. Uh, no, you're but fine. But it reminded me of like those two stories combined. It was like the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> the... The guilty party being in the wrong place, you know, and also right. this, I mean, like, it, innocent, like, being in her home and being this safe. This is slightly more complicated than that because oh, yeah. the Louisville police are standing by that they had 
you know, seen a car that was registered to Brianna outside of a drug house before. Like, they're trying to make up kind of excuses. And they're saying that they got to the house, they were banging on the door um, and announcing themselves as police. And when they finally entered the premises, they were immediately met with gunfire. Now, that doesn't entirely make a lot of sense because... The warrant that they did have, which did have her address on it, I believe mistakenly, um, because they were actually seeking somebody who was several blocks away, lived in a house several blocks away. Mm-hmm. Um, but the warrant that they had actually was a no-knock warrant. So they didn't have to announce themselves. So my guess is that they didn't. Right. Because um, Brianna's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, he says his version of events is that the police came in without announcing themselves and that he and Brianna thought that there was an intruder in the house uh, and that he even called 911 because he was worried that there were intruders in the house. And um, he did have a weapon on him and that when they entered, they just started indiscriminately shooting. Now, I think that they shot something like 24 like 24 bullets and eight went into Brianna, like eight bullets went into Brianna who, um, you know, was minding her own in her own home and that these police officers were in plain clothes and unmarked vehicles. So there's no real reason why they should have assumed that these were police officers, which is also why I don't believe, um, their story that they were banging on the door and announcing themselves because why were you in plain clothes? You were in plain clothes, had unmarked vehicles and you had a no knock warrant, which means that you didn't have to announce yourself. So my guess is that they didn't. Um, And they just sprayed gunfire as soon as they came into the home. The family, um, specifically Taylor's mother, Brianna Taylor's mother, Tamika Palmer, she filed a lawsuit in April and then hired the same attorney who was hired, uh, who's who Ahmad Aubrey's family hired. Yeah. So they are currently in that process. Um, the the police department is not commenting on this situation because they say it's an ongoing investigation. Right. But the mayor of Louisville, Greg Fisher, said on Twitter on Tuesday that he hopes that the truth comes out and that justice follows that path of truth. So we will see what happens. You know, I don't fucking hold my breath with this. Yeah. <laughs> because basically it's going to be a bunch of police officers who, by the way, were reassigned. They've not been fired or put on leave. Um, it's their word against this one black man's word, right. basically. Yeah. It, but. so <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it and that's why it's and that's why this is the topic that is frustrating to talk about because we all get up in arms for one case for three days and then it kind of fades away and then another one shows up a few days later and we talk about it and we don't have any more hope but we still feel like we need to talk about it because if we don't we're not right. giving validity to what's going on and. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to cover it's this kind of very violence hard. week after week. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's necessary yeah. that this gets covered all the time. Exactly. Unfortunately, there could probably be an entire podcast dedicated to this topic. Um, that's a new case every week, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, the only reason why this case is getting any attention anyway is 
probably because uh, the family hired the same lawyer uh, as um, Ahmad's family did. Which I think is great. And I think that needs to be known. And I think that putting them together is in the best interest of Brianna because Ahmad Arbery has gotten so much media attention by having that lawyer. Um, it almost just feels like they're banding together in a way. And I feel right. like it's the best way to honor Brianna. And, you know, we will always share these horrible stories of lives being lost and taken away. But it, it does take a lot to be able to hear it and talk about it and to still kind of feel at the end of it that like, well, there's a story. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. a frustrating reality to live in. Um, so my friend Kate today gave me a Philando Castile don't shoot shirt that she had for a while. And she was like, I got to spread, you know, this message for a while. And now I feel like it's your turn to have it and spread it too. And I thought that was really uh, sweet of her. And, you know, like there's those stories that stick in our brains and things like that, but it is disheartening to never see any real uh, change coming from any of these tragedies. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can only hope that eventually things will start to change, but I I don't know. I'm I'm I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's there's one more story that I want to talk about really quickly because I think that it's an important thing to um bring up and something that isn't discussed enough, and that is that Doctors Without Borders has been dispatched to the Navajo Nation. So Navajo Nation has been hit super fucking hard by this coronavirus outbreak. Yeah. And um, I have family who are in Navajo Nation. Luckily, I don't think that they are living on the reservation right now. Um, but it's very, very difficult on the reservations. I feel like people don't understand the situation that so many of our fellow Americans, the original Americans, um, the situation that they are living in. So Navajo Nation is home to roughly 170,000 people, and it has more coronavirus cases per capita than any state in America. It has a shortage of nursing and specialized medical staff, which is part of the problem. And also because of the way the communities are set up, it's very difficult to self-isolate. A lot of these people have to drive a hundred miles or so to get food or water. They're in like a, um, what is it? A nutritional desert or whatever they call it, where a lot of like their nutrition is, is gained from the government. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we force these people onto these plots of land. Um, and a lot of these people do not have running water, And the reason why this is such an interesting thing, it's great that Doctors Without Borders has been dispatched because they are going to be able to do a lot of good. Um, But it's also disheartening because they are usually dispatched to other countries and usually like third world Mm -hmm. countries, which makes them um, very particularly suited to help the Navajo Nation because Navajo Nation doesn't have running water and has a lot of like this a similar situation to a lot of third world countries. Um, I'm not saying all of it, but in certain areas. And um, so it's amazing that they're able to do this, but it's also really, really upsetting that we have a community of people that we have let down so completely um, that they're in this situation in the first place. And 
Unfortunately, the elders of Navajo Nation, uh, who are crucial to preserving the tribe's language and culture, are at a particularly high risk due to their age. And so there are a lot of people within Navajo Nation, specifically this is Dr. Michelle Tom, who's a medicine physician, and she said that she's scared for our language, our culture, our people, and I know it's happening all around the world. I get that. I understand that. You know, my time is limited on Earth. It is. But our language and our cultures can continue to live forever as long as there are Navajo people. I think that's what scares me the most because it's just ravaging this community. And as we know, uh, people who are immunocompromised or are 65 and older are more susceptible to this illness. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very real and valid fear. So here's hoping that Doctors Without Borders can do some good within this community. Yeah, I'm glad that there's action being taken and that... uh, there's a platform discussing these issues right now but yeah i agree it is kind of uh, a bizarre thing to hear about a organization that typically goes to third world countries and you don't think of you know the united states as being that way and thinking that you know we've neglected them so badly that it's come to that is it, it is really sad but you know the fact that they're getting the help that they need i think is very admirable so that's yeah good. totally Okay, everybody. Well, Keegan, do you have anything new to share about how you're surviving and thriving right now? Or is it just kind of same old same? It's pretty much same old same. I mean, I did find so this is kind of a funny story and I'll tell it really quickly. But I had found a sprout in my green beans, like in my green bean plant. And I thought it was another green bean. So I took it out and I replanted it into another pot And I just kept watering it. And I've been watering it for weeks. And it was growing. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely not a green bean. But I don't know what it is. So I'm thinking to myself, like, am I just watering a weed? Like, was this a weed that I'm just watering? So I took a picture. And I sent it to my gardening friends. And they were like, Keegan, I think that's corn. (laughs) So I sent it to my grandpa who grew up on a corn farm. And I was like, hey, does this look like corn? And he's like, yes, I I think that's corn, Keegan. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm growing a corn stalk on my balcony. And like, I don't know what In to Los do. In Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm going to replant it and like see what Can happens. Can I have some corn? Um, Just like a couple kernels yeah, and try I mean, it? Trust me, if it thrives, for sure, you can have some <laughs> corn. But I just thought that that was so funny. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I just like it's like a foot tall now. Oh like. my gosh! Can you please send me a picture? I really want to see it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Oh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another mini episode. If you want to share how you're surviving and thriving, or if you just have a funny story like Keegan's there, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also direct message us and follow us on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and rate and review us on that business page and chat with your fellow listeners on the group page. Uh, we also have a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp Podcast. Y A N F Podcast. Uh, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I can't forget that. We've been getting some really sweet ones from you guys lately. And if you keep sending them in, you will be reviewed on Reviews Day Tuesday. Or featured, rather. What did but I yes. say? Reviewed. <laughs> we're not going to. Re- <laughs> we're not going to review their <laughs> review, but. Can you imagine? Actually, what if we did? We're like, I give your review (laughs) two out of five stars. Actually, (laughs) what you said there was incorrect. And 
No, that would be, be pretty <laughs> funny, though. But no, we're not going to do that. We will feature you, not review you. Uh, if you don't already, go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. It's a free way for you to listen. And it helps us out just a little bit. All right. That's all we have for you today. With all of that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. on. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.